Hey friends, welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us and check out our episode. Um, this is a space where we post our, our Sunday sermons and occasionally we have discussions and conversations regarding life in this community and following Jesus. So thank you for listening and please engage us on our website axiomchurchaz.com or on any of our social medias. We'd love to hear from you. Take care. All right. May the peace of Christ be with you. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, this month of September, we are, we've launched our uh, Future Church campaign. I just want to mention that real quickly at the top here, that some of the feedback and response we're getting has really been encouraging. But one of the things I want to address is, you know, when, when we think about the future church, we're posturing ourselves as leaders and as a body to think about the future. We're not making our decisions based on the past. That's what a, a dying community would do. And so for us, we are saying, look at what is happening and look at what God is doing and let's begin to invest in that in faith. And so I encourage you to make that concrete and to pledge uh, to the future church campaign. If you haven't already, there's pamphlets around the room to learn more about that. Or maybe you still got questions. Come to the prayer night next weekend um, uh, and join us and our kids as we together as kids and grown-ups pray together for what God is doing uh, in, in our midst. And so that's on the uh, 17th. I just wanted to name that. So those are on the room. If you have more questions, feel free to ask there. And then the only other thing I want to mention here, and this is just, uh, I, think, I think, a pastoral word, would be that when we choose to give of our resources to something we tie our hearts to that thing and it's where your treasure is there your heart will be also and so we're asking that you guys would be invested in our children and their future and so this is really what uh this is a prayerful faith um oriented uh campaign it's not just about uh building a building although that that's part of it and we're grateful that we have the opportunity to begin to explore that together so i want to pray for us and then we're going to get into the word Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you again for the opportunity to worship, to come together, to uh, posture ourselves towards you. Our desire is to experience you, God, today. And so I ask that if there would be anything else that would keep us, that you would uh, name that now for us, help us to set it, not aside, but in your hands, so that we might share it with you. And uh, peace through that together with you, God. Bless this body as we listen to your word. Amen. So we're in this series of relational spirituality, and I just want to recap real quick. Our confession, at the core of our confession, is that we are made for relationships. And it's actually all we have. Our relationships are what we have. You think about, like, Jesus' text, you know, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth because it's just going to go. It's not going with you. None of that's going with you. And if our life, if in, in, in the fulfillment of our life is is carried out through those kind of means, we will miss out on what does go with us. Because what does go with us is our relationship that we have with Jesus. And so we begin to store that up, build that up now, in anticipation for the eternal life that we have with Him that goes beyond this one. And so our focus is relationship and we prioritize that relationship. Through loving union with God and others, we grow. 
We make meaning and experience. I'll tell you what I mean. I, th- I thought I knew myself, and then I met Jesus. And as I met Jesus, I learned more about me that I didn't previously know. At that point, I thought I knew Jesus, but then I met my wife, Kendall. I thought I knew who Jesus was, but by meeting Kendall, I learned more about who he was. Through that relationship, I grew. I thought I knew Kendall, and then I met my kids. And my kids taught me something about her and God. And you see how relationships work together to give us a full picture of what life is. And so our relationship with God and with others teach us and fulfill us. And last last week we learned how we come to know God in the relational void, which is the space between sort of the, the, the place of knowledge and explicit information and the place of implicit information or knowledge. That's, that's the heart, the feelings, and those kind of things. And we read scriptures with that filter, the relational one. We ask ourselves when we open the text, what does this say about my relationship? What does this mean about how God thinks of me? What does this mean about how I'm to order myself towards others? We don't purely or only look at it through a cognitive reasoning, although that's there as well. We can't not do that. But we have to move it beyond words. It has to go beyond words. And so much of the Christian tradition has wrapped itself neatly and tightly into words we call doctrine or propositions or things like that. But those are only established to create foundation for us to go beyond it itself. It's so important that we get that. So again, I'll give you an example. Jesus gives us this one. We all know it's Matthew 22, verse 37 through 40. And this is his great commandments. He's asked by a, a Pharisee, what is, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. God's greatest commandment is the prioritization of love between you and him and you and others. And we need a vision for that. We need to think about that in concrete terms about what does that look like beyond words? What does it mean for me to have a loving, growing relationship with God and with others? How does that look like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? 10 years from now, and we begin to, if we prioritize that, center our life around it, our life begins to be ordered in it through a relational lens, through a relational context of knowledge. And, and so there's a reason why Jesus says, this is the greatest. He doesn't have a flat approach to, to the commandments. There's a reason why he prioritizes this as most significant and then goes on to say that the law and the prophets, that's the scriptures in his day, hang on these two commandments. Everything you're going to read, all the words you're going to get, all of it hangs on this prioritization of relationship with God and with others. Everything. Everything. 
It's ordered beneath that. So, so like, what else would that include? Because we think about what we prioritize, our goals, that's not, that's not the relationship. Our differences, that's not the relationship. Our ailments, that's not the relationship. What are the things that we inappropriately prioritize over the loving union that you have with God and with the people around the room? So every circumstance you find yourself in, you're going to think about this. Like, okay, I first love God, and how does that inform me in this moment? And I secondly love this person that I'm with, and so how does that inform the next thing? And then we get to all that other stuff. We need to prioritize it in that way, in our real life, not just in cognition. Which, which again, I know, we all know this verse. We've all heard it. We all even confess these words, but do we live them? Do we prioritize them? And again, the church often will prioritize the information and the knowledge. But are we prioritizing the qualitative action, the relational component, true knowledge, which is what holds this together? So to give an illustration, I'm going to ask my wife, Kendall, why don't you come up here? There's a mic around here. I'm going to use this one. Is that okay? Sound guy? There's no sound guy. Okay. That's right. Come on up. Grab that mic on the ground there. She doesn't know what she's about to get into. So you guys got to be kind to her no matter what's next. <laughs> so are you, are you guys doing okay, by the way? Yeah, maybe, sort of. That's all right. That's fair. All right, if it comes on, it comes on. If it doesn't come on, that's okay. So here's the deal. Uh, we're thinking about prioritizing beyond words, the relationship. So just follow my lead here, okay? I want to tell you something. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> now, how do you know that I love you? You show me every day. I show you every day. So it wasn't that I just told you that I love you. It was something else that you named. Intuitively, she didn't just name the fact that I said it. She went beyond the words, right? Are you guys with me? She said, you showed me. That's very, I'm very happy to hear that you said that, by the way. <clears throat> now, can we go a step closer? Yes. Literally? <laughs> can, I, can I put my arms around you? Kendall, I love you. Love you, too. Now... How did that feel? Good and embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> did it feel different than when I just said it across from you? Yes, very it much did, so. It did, because it was embodied. It went beyond words. Thank you. Give it up for Kendall. I almost invited Nesto up because he's so good looking. But I thought that would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> Nesto would have not gone along. It would have made you feel a little different than that, huh? <laughs> we have to go beyond words and propositions, and we all intuitively know this. We, we recognize it, and yet when it comes to our relationship with God, we get trapped in all sorts of ideas, and we never give ourselves into the spatial place of life itself for working this out in tangible ways together. And that's, that's part of what 
part of what we're, we're saying here is that it's the, it's, it's the real life that God is actually after. Isn't that good news, by the way? That God isn't interested in just filling your head with knowledge. He's interested in filling your life with Him. And that is wonderfully good news. Now, we see this also in John 21, and just as an example here, John 21, verse 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, well, then feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now, now, now we have to think about this, that Jesus is inviting Peter to go beyond the words of I love you to go beyond the sentiment of I love you. He's calling him into loving action of others, that that's the place where we work this out with God. And so we then have to think for ourselves for a second, what is the space in which I carry out my relationship with God beyond words? Where is it that I'm invited to experience the love of God in what we are doing together? I don't think for a second that Jesus needed Peter to go do this thing. He could have done it himself, but Jesus desired for Peter to experience what Jesus loved, what he wanted to share. And that's what we do in relationships. When Think about the people you're closest with. Like, what do you want to share with them the most? It's the things you love. And you want to not just share it with them because you love them. You want them to experience the love that you have for those things also. There's something deeply profound and human about that. Life beyond words. To, to, to keep going, it's not just this dynamic of going beyond words, but Jesus also does this in, in how he teaches us. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that Jesus prioritizes asking questions over giving answers? Have you noticed that he's not walking around with a, with a bunch of propositions? He's walking around with a bunch of questions to, which he already knows the answer to, by the way. So think about that for yourself now. How many times, how many of you have been in a conversation with somebody who doesn't ask you a single question? Have you ever sat there and talked to somebody and they never ask you a question? Just Jerome, really? I'm so sorry. But that's, that happens. And when we're in that space, what do you notice? What do you start to, what feelings start to go off in you? I'm going to make you guys participate today. How does it make you feel when you're talking to somebody who has no question for you? Not interested. interested. They don't care. But what are they interested in? Themselves. They're more interested in propping up their good ideas, their words then the relationship. Jesus invites us to go beyond words because he prioritizes questions. He's inviting us into something with him. He's taking interest in us. He's giving us his ears. 
He's giving us his interest. He's giving us his desire. He's naming something by asking something. And it's incredible. That is the life with God that I want each of you to come to know and experience. That's the prayer life I want you to know, is the, is the Jesus asking you questions and the you asking him questions, not just asking him for things that you want either. Have you ever asked Jesus how his day's going? Does that feel odd? Why not? He's here. He's present. Perhaps learning about how his day is going might you might find that he wants to share it with you so that you would experience what he's experiencing. So we go beyond words with Jesus through these questions. He's always asking questions because he wants to share something with you, the relationship. It's one of the reasons why I love the practice of spiritual direction. In spiritual direction, we ask Jesus questions together. And we, and we let Jesus ask us questions. We don't just say what we need. And we find intimacy. Have you noticed that when you ask questions, you open the door for vulnerability, you open the door for relationship, and in, in that place, what do we begin to share in true dialogue, in true conversation? Things that go beyond words start to emerge. Feelings start to show up. Laughter shows up. Tears show up. All sorts of forms of communication and knowledge and knowing that aren't held up in mere words. But then, if we go back to the other side of things, there are spaces where our capacity is just limited. It is, right? And we're in places where I can't, I can't ask questions here. I can only nod my head and say yes. Because I don't have the capacity to have the relationship at that moment. So there's grace for that. I get all that. But the life that Jesus is pointing to is this deeper, fuller one. It's no wonder that God also strips us of our early confidence that we have. So many of us... Wow. I, do you guys hear that? All right. I wish that was part of my sermon, but it wasn't. Yeah, we're about to do an altar call. Okay. Now I don't even know where I was. Okay. Have you noticed in your faith that often our faith starts really strong and confident? And then there comes a point where we begin to lose our confidence. And often I think we've been tempted to think that like we're somehow backsliding or we're somehow like failing or something like that. But is it possible that God is stripping you of a knowledge-oriented faith where you don't have to enter into the intimate hard spaces? And he's saying, no, I want you to experience life in such a way that there are still questions to be asked. There's still things to wrestle through. There's still knowing to be discovered because true loving union kind of knowledge, like the greatest commandment that Jesus gives us, is one of infinite interest and curiosity in the people you are with and in the God that you serve. And there's a way in which we lose our confidence, and that's part of the journey, that doubt and disappointment and insecurity 
that those things actually lead to us really knowing God beyond mere words. That's a gift. It's a gift. And with God, we're invited to live in Him, not by means of what we simply know, but also through what we don't know. And that's really important, that the student, learner, humble posture is a far richer, fuller life of God than one of expertise. So important that we know that, that the mystery of God is important. There's, I'll never forget the line from The Cloud of Unknowing. It's a book that was written by an unknown author. Of course, great title for not naming yourself. The Cloud of Unknowing. And it says that the universes which are pers persuadable to the intellect can never satisfy the instincts of the heart. That there is a knowing in our heart that is somehow better and fuller or necessary because God meets us beyond words. And that's the point. I want you guys to have a Jesus that is more than a model. I want you to have a Jesus that is more than a mantra. I want you to have a Jesus that meets you where you are. It's, he wants to meet you not in your perfection and in what you have figured out. He wants to meet you in your true real person that you are that's where he wants to meet you it's not in your knowing it's in your unknowing it's not in your strength it's in your weakness romans 8 26 in the same way the spirit helps us in our weaknesses we do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God, God's people in accordance with the will of God. When people want to connect with God, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I, I, when I'm working with people and they want to say, I'm struggling to connect with God, I want to get them out of their heads. I want to get them to what we call pre-symbolic knowing, to that gut place to the push that they're feeling. Or I want to get them to what we call the post-symbolic. That's the desire. That's the, in, the, the, the pull, not the push. It's those places where we don't yet have words, but we recognize there's something deeply rooted there that God is growing us, extending our boundaries. His Spirit is interceding. Movement and energy is happening. Connection is taking place. And there's not always good theology for that, is there? And that's why we get speaking in tongues at times. That's why we get all sorts of, of the gifts come out of this place where it's like, this isn't me, this is God. But that's a weak place, vulnerable place. It's not a I have it all together place. It's, you got to think about it differently the gut and the desire. I think that's also why if you've ever thought about someone smarter than you arguing with you about something and you have all the cognitive reasons to go, they're right, and yet deep down you still disagree. 
Have you ever noticed that? Or the other way around, you could be like, listen, I've laid it out for you, like, perfectly. And yet, they can't follow suit because in their pre- or post-symbolic spaces, they feel or sense there's actually still something more or different that they're wrestling with. It's not what their words can produce. But we try to solve our problems with words. Guys, the words aren't enough to solve your problems. Have you noticed that? Again, I'll point to myself and my wife. There's many times I've said sorry. But the words, it needs to go beyond words. Close here. Jesus', is, Jesus his teachings are designed to change our hearts, not just our minds. Paul picks this up in Colossians 2. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding. The full riches isn't just the mind. In order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we desire to go beyond words, we ask that you would move us to that place, that you would help us see what that next step is for us so that we might grow not just in knowledge but in relationship with you. My prayer, God, is for deep intimacy in each and every person here, that they would come to know you, love you, and experience your goodness here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. We have our-